Come on in, YouTube. Come on in, Instagram, Facebook, Periscope. Come on in. It's revolutionary. Who do? You all in. Who do? Where else can you be? This is not revolution. In this time of Come back home to Africa. Come back home. 
but we say I and I. Rasta say I and I. It, it means that if, if there be a God, I be God also. If there be a God, you be God also. If there be a God, that God, that God is, that universal power must operate in and through you, through you and through I. Even your exalted elders said so. Even your exalted prophets said so. Even your exalted leaders said so. Said so. So be God today. Be goddess today. In this divine moment in time space, invoke the serenity prayer. Be clear about what it is that you can control. Clear about what it is that you dominate. Be clear about what it is that you have creative power in to create and recreate the reality that you desire and focus your energy there. Everything else is a waste, beloved. Everything else is an illusion. Anything else is ego. Thank you, Kansas City. Anything else is, is illusionary. Anything else is just a vapor of smoke. Anything else is just a spell. A spell is a temporary. I like that which is consistent, persistent, reliable, <laughs> documentable. You know, this is indeed another edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans, Voodoo, Secrets and Recipes. We are operating today on Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020. Very powerful cosmic crossroads, if you will. And I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince, Hyposis, Hoodoo Central, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, most enchanted, some would say most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors. And those who came before me along this hoodoo, voodoo, obey a life path and journey. I, I can prove it. I got the documentation. I got the DNA. <laughs> I got the footprint. But I also had the story as it is passed down from my ancestors through my relatives. Because remember now, ancestors and relatives ain't always the same thing. <laughs> okay. And so we, we must have a footprint. We, we must have a documentation of our journey, particularly in this dispensation. Understand, we live now in a time like none ever before in the history of the planet. Think about the Egyptians, where if you weren't rich, wealthy, connected, resourceful, your name was not carved in stone. Your image was not reproduced, you know, in, in mineral formation. And so we live in a time where our footprint is being documented. You're worried about the government, I know. You're worried about Big I, uh, uh, Big Brother, I know, and the Big I of Big Brother. I, I know. I get it. But what about those who follow you? What about those who come after you? What about those who we owe it to leave a blueprint? A, book, a blueprint of how to do, how to move forward. And you might say, oh, well, it was no blueprint left for me. I, I had to go out there and get it on the bricks. So did I. <laughs> I had to go out there and get it on the street. I had to go out there and get it on the stone. Thank God 
Ibai give thanks that my mother is still the foundation that I can operate in spiritually and religiously and culturally and, and intellectually. But my father give thanks gave me my sense of war, my sense of battle, my sense of dominance in my domain. In my domain, and my domain is voodoo, spirituality and religion and the culture, the practice, the, the revival of voodoo worldwide, worldwide, wherever the footprint I left, wherever the footprint you left, wherever the footprint our ancestors and those who came before left, it is indeed voodoo worldwide. The ATR now transcends just the mother continent. The ATR now transcends just the United States. And, and our back, it, it goes so much beyond that, so much bigger than that. We look at the, the news. And, of course, I, I always talk about the weather. I always talk about the season that we're in. I always talk about the ritual calendar, if you will, that we are operating in. Uh, in order for me personally to have some blueprint for the day, uh, but also for me to bring something to the ministry that's of value. And, and listen, you don't hear me say ministry a lot. I'm not invoking Christian for my new listeners, my new viewers. This ain't about Christianity. This ain't about Catholicism. This ain't about Islam. This ain't about Judaism. Any operation, I look at art. I look at music. I look at sculptors, I look at crafters, I look at creators as operating in ministry. That which changes the mind, the conscious, the heart, the spirit. See, in this world, this Western concept of, uh, 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 what is it, division of labor, you know, where you get sort of locked in, stereotyped in, pegged into a particular path, a particular walk. A particular way of doing things. But in an indigenous world, you operated first by spirit. You operated first by nature. And so indeed, at your root, you know, you are fire, you are water, you are air, you, you are gas and ether and consciousness at your very root. And so we must have a blueprint. We must have a plan. Just like a quartz crystal, we must have a program each and every moment of each day in which to move forward in. When you get caught up in the, in the depression of the news, when you get caught up in negativity of the news, when you get caught up in the negativity of the day, which is always relative. Everybody doesn't like the rain. Everybody doesn't like the wind. Everybody doesn't like thunder and lightning. Everybody don't like dirt, you know, beneath their feet. So there's a relative truth speaking. But in an absolute sense, gods and gods must move forward. Gods and gods must recreate and create a, a reality that mirrors their image, that mirrors their likeness, that mirrors their inner standing. Forgive me for not keeping up with my chat. Y'all know once I get talking, sometimes I lose track of the, the chat and, and the chat gets to rolling on me and, and moving away. So I'm not ignoring anybody. Greetings, everyone. Please show due respect to Kiona, our chat room moderator. She's our administrator of the chat room and helps keep things moving smoothly. Make sure that I do see you 
and acknowledge you. She makes sure that that happens. Um, peace and love, Royal Highness. Peace and love, Savannah Bowie. Greetings, greetings. Come on in. Please come on in. I have so much to say. Priya Yoba, come on in. Uh, Kayla, greetings, beloved. Come on in. Come on in. I have so much to say. The house has doubled. Did you hear me? The house has doubled. Oh, I'm not talking figuratively. Though that is already out there. (laughs) That is already in the ether. I'm talking about literally. Uh, In the last week, in the last five days, I've doubled shrine space for ancestors, for your ancestors and those who are doing the work, those who are actively in, in homework and ancestor work and divination with me um, at this time. Also to my clients, of course, and those who I feed ancestors for, those who I do work for. Um, so we've, been, we've doubled the size of the shrine, the table, the room, uh, and indeed the temple space. And so they say, if you create it, they shall come. You have to have your hands open to receive the blessing. You have to have your hands open to receive the opportunity. And that is indeed literal and figurative. If your mind ain't open, what what good is it that your hands open? If, If your heart ain't open, what good is it that your hands are open? If you're not intellectually open to it, what good is it that your hands are open? This greetings, beloved. Greetings, um, Tamara Bragg. Greetings. Come on in. Greetings. So please be open. Be open at every level. The ancestors are moving right now. I don't have to say it. Just follow the reviews. I don't have to preach it. Just pay attention to the to the chat room. Greetings to the occultism. Greetings, beloved. Greetings. We are growing. We are expanding. And so we need room for readers. We need room for practitioners. We need room for ministers who are operating in the realm of ATR, who are operating authentically in the realm of hoodoo, voodoo, conjure, root work. This is not just figurative. I, I need to hire readers like yesterday, yesterday, <laughs> but qualified readers, qualified ministers, qualified, qualified. Healing business is serious. Revolution is serious business. Healing is serious business. Spiritual consciousness is spiritual business. It's it, it serious business. Doing battle in difficult and blocked situations is serious business. So I need qualified individuals. I have got children right now who are in the pipelines to be phenomenal. Oh my goodness. Oh, how you bubble? Oh my goodness, they are phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, and they're going to break ground like Ogu. When they set their foot on the ground, the earth is going to crack beneath their feet. <laughs> the lightning is going to strike through the sky. These practitioners are powerful, powerful in their late 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, powerful practitioners. Work who, work who if I put it on screen right, right now, you, you would think it was my house. You would think it was Haiti. You would think it was Cuba. You would think it was Nigeria, Congo land. Oh, yeah, that real, that that authentic. And they are already in the pipeline to be healers, practitioners, readers, spiritualists, voodoo priests and priestess, Orisha priests and, and priestess, Obia 
practitioners, <laughs> those who operate with both hands. And so I welcome you. I, I honor you. I am humbled by the power of your ancestors, for it is your ancestors that bring us forward. It is my ancestors and your ancestors of whom shoulders and foundation we, we now have our present standing. So I'm grateful for this, this time, this season, this weather, if you will, uh, of, of coronavirus. Now, the unfortunate thing is the weather has been altered. The weather has been altered. I, I remember a time when I was begging you to protect yourselves. I was begging you to stay in the house. I was begging you to, to wear your covers because this COVID-19 is out there. You know, and we talked about it being a black thing and black people dying in large numbers from this, from this uh, coronavirus and, and in our community. And then you listened and then you started wearing masks. I had some of you contact me personally and say, listen, you know, I wasn't buying this. It was a bunch of BS and it was a bunch of conspiracy, but I'm gonna follow your advice. I'm gonna pay close attention to, to the CDC and the news and I'm going to do what I need to do for myself and my family. And many of you absolutely did. And then what happened? Then what happened? Another lynching. Another public murder of another life, of another Black life. And it drew and it continues to draw thousands of the most vulnerable, our people, out into the street. Now, listen, I'm not suggesting it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying. I'm not suggesting it was pre-planned. I'm just saying. How convenient. How convenient for population control. First, you can create an environment, <laughs> a deadly infectious environment. Okay. It's like stay home. But then you do the one thing, the one thing, that gets even the meekest of us riled up. It, it even gets grandma and grandpa riled up. It, it even gets your normal daytime show hosts and nighttime show hosts who, who normally have a lane, comedy or drama or news or whatever, but it brings them out of themselves. Lynching brings people out of themselves. Lynching brings us to ourselves. But then it brings you out of yourself at the same time because the younger you are, the less of a plan that you have, the less direction you have, okay, we're going to tear some, some stuff up. They're going to act a fool. I acted a fool back in the day. I, I've had my experience with, with protests. I've had my experience with riots. I've had my experience with being young and immature. I've had my experience with being mature and understanding what a plan is, a plan of action. But we have to be clear, we, we are at war. I, I've been saying that since the first week of March, y'all. We at war. What part of that don't you understand? What part of that don't you see? So our young people are out there. Yes, our young people are out there, and, and ancestors be praised. May their immune systems be strengthened. May their bodies be protected. Let's, let's pray they're getting water and they're eating fruits and vegetables and getting rest and doing the things that keep their bodies empowered. Our young people, our young people, 
but but let's also pray that they don't and plan because you can't just pray you got to take action that they don't bring that back to grandma and grandpa and their parent and their and their family members and, and spread the virus let's be careful while we be revolutionary let's be careful while we be activists let's be careful while we activate and motivate and, and push people to do and to move forward because you armchair revolutionaries and, and those behind the computer and behind the technology, you also have a role. Guard your role. Ancestors see you. Ancestors see me. Ancestors see all. So guard your role. Take responsibility for your role. Take stewardship for your voice. Take authority over your platform. And make sure that you aren't miseducating. Make sure you aren't promoting propaganda. Make sure you aren't pushing drama for it. And before we get too far, my call-in number is area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. This will allow me to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation here on Blog Talk Radio. Of course, if you are on all of my visual, video, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Periscope, and, and there's a chat box available, do type your questions, comments, requests in all capital letters in the chat. This allows me to see them more clearly. This also allows my chat room moderator, Kim D. Carter, to also see them which helps me to see them. Um, I got more than two eyes. I got more than three eyes. I got <laughs> many eyes, many eyes. Like, like a Hindu goddess, I have many eyes. So be mindful, be respectful. Know that all that we do is about our connection to the ancestors. All that we do is about our connection to spirit. This isn't about a commitment to me. This isn't about a commitment to the House of the Divine Prince or, or Hoodoo Central LLC. This is about a commitment to the ancestors. This is about a commitment to the Most High, to my Walisa and Olo Damare, Olo This isn't about a commitment to flesh. This isn't about a commitment to the material realm. This is about something greater than, more powerful than. I, I don't do this for you. It might feel like it. It might look like it. You might appreciate it. I don't do this for you. I, I do this for the ancestors. I do this for the ancestors. That's why I do this. The ancestors determine what I do every day. I say all is a blessing, and then I go before the ancestor alone. I can roll out of my bed and 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 fall down on my face, and, and my head will be in my ancestral room. Then I got to just get up on my knees and then, and then crawl in, you know, or back in, and I'm in my ancestral room. And it is indeed a room. I, I, I need enough space for my ancestors, both lineages, give thanks, Modofe, Egun, but also yours and those who which are my godchildren, those of which who are my initiates, and those who are which I'm doing work for. They are all represented 
in my ancestral room. No, I don't put my ancestral room on camera. My godchildren tell you that they don't even get a whole lot of pictures of my ancestral son. They get a, a pictures of their own, and they get pictures of, of um, instructional photographs that we have that demonstrate shrine work. But I don't let a whole lot of people look at my shrine. There's not too many people who've physically been to my house who've been up those red stairs. If you've seen me on TV, you know about those red stairs. There ain't too many people who've been up those red stairs. I wouldn't expose your ancestors to strangers. I wouldn't expose your ancestors to random people. I wouldn't expose your ancestors to random energy. It's not protocol. It's not professional. It's not proper etiquette, if you will. So in the spirit of things, I'm grateful for those of you who are indeed finding your power, finding your voice, finding your inner strength. And let this not be a seasonal thing. Let this not be a temporary thing. I'm coming. Let this not be, you know, a faddish thing. Greetings, Kiona, beloved. Welcome. Hello. How are you? All is a blessing. All is a blessing indeed. If you can see beyond the veil, all is a blessing. I'm super excited for everything that's um, taking place. But I'm also saddened by everything that's taking place because across the world, but especially here in America, our black men are targeted. We black have people, to but do particularly something. black men. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I want to make yes. it clear. Black people. I, I want to make it clear because that's become a political issue now. That, that's become a thing to be debated now. Um, we're seeing it in, in the social media uh, platforms. I, I don't particularly want to say uh, which in, individual or, or any particular group of individuals, but we now have to be clear about what Black lives mean. Black lives matter, right? All lives matter, right? That's what they say. Humanity matters, right? But but why is it that in the in the so-called Black conscious community? we still have this, this this division, male and female and, 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 and transgender and, 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 and the gay versus black. You know, why is it that revolution has to always have this black masculine male face? Yeah, we like to elevate warriorism in our, in our community. But we got female warriors. We got transgendered warriors documented in history. You all do know Hesetia, right? <laughs> you all do know the story about Hesetia, right? Who dressed like a man, wore the garments of a man, wore the vestments of a man. You all better look at Queen Nzinga in Angola, who had many husbands, many husbands, and many wives. You all don't know your history. You all don't know the story. So we can't say revolution is just for the man. We can't say revolution is just for the black woman. We can't say revolution is just for the black family. Well, what does the black family look like? I'm a part of a black family. I, I'm a, I come from and I'm a descendant of a mother and a father and, and, and two sets of grandparents and et cetera, et cetera. So I am the black family. Black lives matter. My life matters. My life matters. I've been trying to tell you all my life matters since the kindergarten. Don't bring me to tears. <laughs> 
I'm going to try to tell you my life matters. And, and while you all marched and protested or, or, or did the fattest thing or kept, kept up with the latest thing, I had to struggle on the streets of hard knocks. Where was my protection? Where was my defense? I had to go to Catholic Charities. I had to go to Salvation Army. I had to go to the government. I, I, I had to go to the county office. Where were the black institutions to protect me, to hold me up? Where are those institutions to defend and protect me now? And, and listen, that's not a plea. That's not a call. Not for me. Not for me personally. If you can do that and provide that and we can grow that in our community, great. But I rely on my ancestors. Thank you very much. I rely on my ancestors. I rely on the, 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 the gods and the goddesses of my ancestors. Thank you very much. <laughs> All the blessings. Thank you. Because if I waited on you, if I waited on my neighbor, my friend of me, my community member, my family member, my relative, I might not be here today. Without this voodoo, I would not be here today. Without this voodoo, many of you would not be here today. And without the intervention and the defense from our ancestors, many of you would not be here today. Greetings, Geneva, beloved. I'm sorry, not Geneva. Uh, I, know, I have a girlfriend named Geneva. Guinevere, <laughs> greetings, beloved. Welcome for being uh, a part of this show again. So I rely on my ancestors. I rely on the voodoo for all things. I love my mama. Me and my mama have a great relationship. My mama listens to the show. My mama calls into the show. You all have heard my mama. Well-known evangelical minister, book author, proud to say it. You, you all know about my mama. But I acknowledge the ancestors first. I acknowledge the most high first. And, and, and therefore, that power, that respect, that love, I can't treat my mother any less than I would my ancestors. I can't treat the baby and the child any less than I would the ancestors. So revolution is about action, activism, something. And I'm overjoyed and humbled by the move of action that's happening in many of our communities right now, not just here in America, but throughout the world. And you've heard me say before that some Black Americans have a very limited understanding and viewpoint of, of our Black existence. We only see through this prism of what's right in our face right here, Black and white, American enslavement, American white supremacy. We're not thinking globally. We're not thinking internationally. And we're seeing a global and international move of support right now that has never happened before. Not like this. That has never existed before. Not like this. And so it's an opportunity to take the bull by the horn, Fiona, and, and, and move beyond just what might not be right temporarily in our lives in the moment. And many people come to, not just come to me, many people come to religion, go to the doctor, seek emergency help when things are at their most urgent. How many of you have yep. I said? And that's when they get paid the most. Yeah, and, and, and how many times have y'all heard me say, oh, I wish y'all had to call me before it got to this point? 
Why didn't you call me? Preventative is better than the cure. And I'm going to point you right back to the ancestors. That's the first line of defense is the ancestors, whether you're initiated or not. See, listen, you don't have to be initiated to operate an ancestor. Now, now people initiate and learn the practice, the tradition of ancestors, and how to do that within their lineage. And, and that's what ancestral work and divination does. Anyone under the sound of my voice of any ethnicity, you either acknowledge or deny your ancestors every day through your actions. Through your actions. And so those white people who are standing up, who are out there, who are protesting, who, who, who are willing to risk life and limb for what's right, I applaud you. It's about time, and I applaud you. But, but I also don't want to, to, to deny those who may have struggled to fight and, and lost their lives in, in the past. In, in, the, in the civil rights movement, in the antebellum South, you know, it, so we, we must acknowledge those who are willing to stand up and acknowledge and do the work. I, I wanted to, before I get too far ahead of myself, uh, Kiona, I want to share with you all. Um, if before program, you share, could you move that comment down? Because we can't see your face too big. Oh, okay. Sorry to interrupt, oh. but I, I want everybody to be able to see you. I, I hear you. Thank you. That's a technical thing that I absolutely need a moderator for. Thank you, Kiona. Greetings, anyone that I may have um, not seen in the course of things. Welcome. Greetings, greetings. Danielle Gibbs, welcome, beloved. One of the faithful ancestors, nature, voodoo. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Kona. Burr, welcome. Am I pronouncing your name right, Kona Burr? Welcome, beloved. Regular listener, thank you so much. Thank you for your commentary and your participation. Chris M., thank you, beloved. Welcome, welcome. Um, let me see. Keisha Smith, thank you, beloved. Thank you. Yes, magic starts with knowledge. I mean, how do you do any kind of magic? How do you do any kind of science? How do you do any kind of art without knowledge? Now, it's many creative people in the room. You know, I've been playing the piano by ear since three or four. Wapani taught me how to crochet in elementary school. I mean, you know, but you have to then take your craft, your skill. My my, my, uh, nephew, um, Chris, is an expert chef, cook, you know, but, but then you have to gain experience. You have to be mentored. You have words and, and usage of your technology. And so spirituality is another form of technology. It's another form of technology. And how we apply it has everything to do with our, our knowledge base. So you can't operate in magic, ritual, ceremony, and, and, and expect absolute results and, and expect guaranteed results without operating from some science base, some knowledge base. Um, and so this ain't random. This ain't throw a whole bunch of stuff together that might look interesting or that might look spooky or that might look intriguing. There's an absolute science behind how we operate in our ancestors and get response from that and, and get healing from that. Uh, but thank you, Kiona, for, for, for that um, with the chat. And keep an eye on that for me because I'm about to share with you um, 
it's a document, it's an audio program through NPR. Um, it's called A Decade of Watching Black People Die. Um, it's produced by uh, a program on NPR called Code Switch. Code Switch. Um, I could either read it out loud or I could play it. Uh, so I think I'm going to play it for you, if, if you will. Um, Keona, if there's any technological uh, issues, please let me know um, so I can I can correct that, particularly reverberation on the Blog Talk radio line. Um, so I need you to listen there. And then, of course, the people in the chat, let me know how this sounds. PR and the following message companies. Insurance. State Farm helps you find the right policy to fit your needs. When you're looking for coverage or assistance, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I hope there's no issue with me. Just heads up, this episode contains language and content that may be disturbing to some listeners. I'm Gene Demby. I'm Shireen Marifol Maraji, and this is Code Switch from NBR. The family of a Kentucky woman shot and killed by police is demanding answers. The former cop and his son, both white, are accused of being the unarmed black man. Thank you, Kayla. A
seen black men tortured or killed by police a lot more often these days. So it's worth recalling why, a generation ago, it mattered so much to see what happened to Rodney King. Now the story that might never have surfaced if someone hadn't picked up his home video camera. We've all seen We had certainly seen the black and white photographs and videos depicting police abuse of African Americans. And we'd seen the grainy images of lynchings past. But the conventional ignorance was that this wasn't the America we lived in now. Beating a man they had pulled over. This was the early 90s, after all. This was an America that viewed law enforcement in the context of the popular reality show Cops, and where Morton Downey Jr.'s tabloid television style made uncensored aggression a form of entertainment. But when George Holliday's video surfaced, stuck him with the ponds between 53 and 56 times, it signaled to a lot of citizens just how bad police violence visited upon marginalized communities actually was. Uh, six kicks and one officer, one kick. People either didn't know what was happening or were willfully ignorant of it. They needed to wake up. The Los Angeles Police Department has a history of brutality and misconduct that goes back a quarter of a century. Today, we are not sure that the police is there to protect us. The fear of becoming the next Rodney King is still here. But what has changed is how often we are viewing a fear being realized. Jonathan wants to write that the ubiquity of cell phone cameras and dashboard cameras, this uncensored horror has become available on demand. He says he watched 22-year-old Oscar Grant get shot and killed by a police officer on YouTube before it made it to broadcast news. That happened in Oakland in 2009 on New Year's Day. And it really marked the beginning of this grim genre. In which the slang become memorialized as hashtag, hashtag justice for Oscar Grant. And remember Walter Scott and Eric Harris? Jamal writes that the videos of them being killed became public almost back to back in 2015. Both men were running away when the shots were fired. Walter Scott, 50, was trying to escape North Charleston police officer Michael Slager, who shot him eight times in the back before planting evidence near his body to support a false account of the incident. Eric Harris was running from a team of Tulsa County deputies when elderly insurance executive Robert Bates, whose donations to the sheriff's office and modicum of training earned him the title of reserve deputy, shot him dead. Scott's death looks even more brazen than the inexcusable shooting of 12-year-old Tamir Rice in a Cleveland Park last November. In fact, many of the videos carry eerie and terrible echoes of previous incidents. As in Oscar Grant's third death in 2009, Bates claimed he meant to pull his taser, not his gun, before shooting Harris. Eric Garner's futile cry was evoked when a mortally wounded Harris yelled, I'm losing my breath. Fuck your breath. Bates' fellow deputy responded, 
Vice dashboard video of Floyd Dent's traffic stop in Inkster, Michigan, three months ago, brought to mind the brutal beating of Rodney Cade. Officer William Melendez, as the tape shows, began beating Dent savagely, almost as soon as the 57-year-old motorist was pulled from his vehicle. He's been punching Floyd Dent 16 times in just 10 seconds. Melendez was suspended for five days last Friday. And a report out of Detroit's ABC affiliate says he could lose his job. Slager was fired by his department and charged with Scott's murder. Michael Slager was sentenced to 20 years in prison. We see these arrests and firings as victories in the struggle for black liberation from police violence. But how much will an oversaturation of videotaped black death move our justice system and government to action? Dozens of Rodney Kings haven't been enough to move the needle significantly. The videos have helped spur civic protests, which surely have led to more media attention and perhaps legal action. But they haven't slowed the rate of killing, nor made the officers responsible more accountable. Instead, we face a continued insistence for many that we live in a properly policed America, despite video evidence. That rosy-hued narrative gets a boost from current and former law enforcement professionals like Howard Safir, who came to the defense of good cops in Time Magazine after Scott's death. Quote, our citizens gain nothing from demoralized police forces that believe they do not have public support, unquote, wrote the former NYPD commissioner. Quote, demoralized forces will not be as effective as they can be, and that would have a tremendously negative impact on public safety, unquote. Keep in mind that we just watched an unarmed man gunned down from behind, then handcuffed and framed for an assault as he lay dying. It was later disclosed that Slager experienced an adrenaline rush from shooting. And I'm supposed to be worried about whether the cop feels like I've got his back. We keep pouring on the visuals and re-traumatizing ourselves, hoping it'll break through similarly reflexive defenses of law enforcement and inspire real reform. Biden Santana, who recorded Scott's death, continuing to risk their own safety to record these incidents and expose open wounds, literally, in the hopes that someone will do I've lost to my mic. What's going on? Corporate media outlets have grasped the importance, or at least the consumer appeal, of this footage. Activists, journalists, and concerned citizens continue to spread these images throughout social media to can, alarm can and you hear me now? Can you hear me now, Tariq? <laughs> but 
what end? Can you hear me? After Scott's death, Swim Magazine felt the need to declare on Thank you, thank you, Carla. Thank you. That statement, still inspirational to many, can seem like an awfully low floor for social advancement. Black people have been telling the white power structure that I am a man since at least the 1968 Memphis sanitation strike. America has taken its sweet time in granting black victims this mild degree of humanization. Despite actually seeing the brutalization of our bodies in more vivid detail than ever before, Brand, the police and government give me have a remained moment. unmoved. Yeah. I truly yeah. think yeah. what act or accompanying footage will be required for the powers that be to finally see what yeah. is going on. I can't hear you. I'm in Memphis. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, great. As I revisit this piece, right. I'm nearly five years okay. after I'm astonished by how much of it I can put into a call today. I do have an initiation that involves terrorism. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as isolation, depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com code to learn more and get 10% off your first month. There's no getting around it. The coronavirus pandemic has ended everything. And daily decisions made by White House and Congress will radically impact the human and economic toll. To keep up the latest, on the PR Politics Podcast. We'll cut through the noise and let you know what decisions are being made and how they affect you. Shereen, be patient, Tamara Bragg. Please, be patient. And we're back with Janiel Smith. In 2015, he wrote, what does seeing black men die do for you? And he said that so much of that piece can be written using the same words today, five years later, especially at the end of America is still taking its sweet time in even recognizing our humanity in terms of its long mores, in terms of its practices. And I say America in the larger sense, not simply the law enforcement folks who spray tear gas on protests outraged by George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. The mother in his life under the knees, literal knee of law enforcement. And these folks that in tear gas shot at them during a epidemic that attacks pandemic that Black community disproportionately. We can't ignore it. The power of that image juxtaposed when the armed demonstrators in Michigan threatening lawmakers in an effort 
order to essentially want to die faster or want the right to die faster. Real encapsulation of, of, of where we are in this country and the fact that we have not moved inch since these videos became so popular. So we have to understand what is their value? When are we going to see the kind of change this kind of shock and awe should be provoking? When we take action, we'll see that change when we take action. I know y'all want to talk about voodoo and foolishness, <laughs> but I realize that there are a lot of contemporary references within it, and I think that's helpful for people who are reading it at the time. However, the, the reference to being this Rodney King, it, it almost seems antiquated at this point. In several Rodney King. I think that, yes, my generation, Generation X, was afraid of being the next Rodney King. And I think that perhaps I based it a little bit too much in my own experience. I do think that there should have been maybe a little bit more grounding in the historical nature of how our bodies have been treated as souvenirs and our deaths been treated as is, is something to be celebrated or even traded amongst people as postcards and pictures of our lynchings traded amongst the spectators, parts of our bodies after being flayed and burned, traded and sent to people and kept by the murderers. I think that when you look at these videos, and how little of an impact they've made on the policies required to make what's happening in this society. Those souvenirs, they don't really do much else than traumatize us. The title of my column from April 2015 was specifically to black men. And at that time, we only seen videos of black men dying or being accosted by the police. Of course, later we saw Sandra Bland. So many other cases who have been victimized, been brutalized, who have been killed by police most often for no reason whatsoever, for no charge. For being black. Brianna Taylor in Kentucky had received only the amount of press coverage or attention or even protest. It has in Minneapolis. The reasons for that may be traceable, of course, to gender. Are they also traceable to the fact that there was no video of them yesterday? Is this a case where video has relevance? These are things that we should be discussing, and I think we'd be foolish to dismiss gender as the primary cause. I think certainly you know, we have normalized violence against women uh, and against transgender women specifically. Um, to a point that is uh, absurd. You know, the death of Nina Pop uh, from stabbing earlier this year barely got any notice. And she was about the, the 10th or 11th victim of 
gender violence in America this year. We're not talking about it. Not We're not about discussing it at all. the epidemic in our society. Oh, now. <laughs> now I'm buffering. We ain't got but like two more minutes of this. Come on now, stop the buffering. But I, I said it before I played the actual uh, broadcast that if black matters, then all black lives must matter. My life must matter. The gay black life must matter. The transgender black life must matter. The black woman's black life must matter. The child, the black child's life must matter. And the black man's life must matter. All, it, all black lives should matter. And we're still debating that in, in the quote-unquote conscious community. It's one of the reasons that I don't support Jamaica uh, until this day. And, and the homophobia that is bred in Jamaica. Uh, homosexuals are being murdered in Jamaica. Transgender people are being murdered in Jamaica. Women are just being randomly murdered in Jamaica. And, and there's no big to do about it. There's no big conversation about it. There, there's no big rumor or uproar about it. Um, I can't seem to get beyond the buff, the buffering, y'all. So Tamara Bragg, beloved, come on in, come on in, Tamara Bragg. What is your question or comment, Tamara Bragg? Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Keisha, are you um Keisha? <laughs> are you still on the phone with me, Keona, beloved? I'm still here. Okay, good. Um, Tamara Bragg, I don't know where you went, beloved. Now's your opportunity. Thank you so much for your time, by the way, for being here and, and being a contributor to the conversation and the activity on the show. Thank you, Chef Bougie. Yes, we are seeing action now from our, our young. We need to not criticize, but to support and guide that they are doing the work. And listen, I can't say that we wouldn't do. I believe every generation has a responsibility to the ancestors. Every generation has a responsibility to the work. And I talked about this yesterday. So we stand on a scaffolding of the civil rights, stand on the a scaffolding of, of, of the women's suffrage and black women getting in the, in the muck, in the mire to create an environment that we can have this sort of activity and action and protest today. We have to consider transformation of technology. We have to uh, consider uh, the newness of social media and the effect that that now has on um, the movement, if you will, and how we activate um, in streets. So, so I agree totally, Chef Bougie, with your comment. Um, I, I just don't agree that it's something that we didn't do or, or, or like we left some, some work uh, undone. Oh, yeah, Jamaica is off the chain, Kiona. Um, I have horrific stories from straight people coming out of Jamaica who either had somebody, somebody gay in their, in their group. Uh, like one story, uh, there was a lesbian couple in the, the dynamics of this female retreat. And they were in cabins, huts, in, in the mountains. And once the hardcore got wind uh, of the presence of this lesbian couple, they hacked with machetes. <laughs> Where <are> my machete? <laughs> they hacked down 
the hut that they were staying in. And these women had to flee running on foot down the mountain to, to save their lives. And, and that's just one story. There was a well-known, internationally known um, gay activist in Jamaica that was murdered uh, maybe two years ago. Maybe two years ago. Wasn't no big rigmarole about that. Wasn't no kick up dust. And, and, and we become sensitized to death in our community, um, really, to a sickening degree. Um, so on the one hand, you know, we sort of negate or, or overlook or deny or, or go into a cubbyhole when, when these sort of political deaths happen. But then there are those in our community that have a very streamlined, tunnel vision focus about what revolution is and what revolution should look like. Um, there's a video going around right now on Instagram of a transsexual individual being brutally attacked. Um, and it appears now, I didn't get any clarity about where was this? What city did this happen in? What's the date on this video? But it's hot right now in, in Instagram. Um, so it looks like it could have happened during the protest. It looked like it could have happened during one of these black power, black lives matter, humanity-based protests, um, and they beat this child down. Um, now, there are rumors, well, it happened because this happened. Well, it happened because she was in some kind of altercation with a female. But that's still not clear, you know, and, and did the female start the fight with him because he was transsexual? That's still not clear. Uh, but the fact yeah, that it would be promoted right now, yeah. it's just, it's just ugly. Please bear with me. Um, greetings. How may I assist you? Yes, beloved. I'm Please ignore how I sound. I'm live on air. I'm live on air right now. On on video and radio. So they can't hear you. They can just hear me. That's why I sound weird. So go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Just need to be sure that I can go in there and and handle my labs without a problem. Forgive me. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All is a blessing. Peace. Bye-bye. Got to handle that diabetes now. I get asked about that a lot. You know, what role does my voodoo play in the diabetes? And it plays a great deal of a role. Um, what I eat, what I drink, of course, the, the herbs, and the roots that are available to us um, and our knowledge of that uh, plays a big role in why I'm not overweight and, and experiencing dialysis and, and many other things that people do, unfortunately, this. Uh, I could use a little bit more time away from this chair. Um, and, and so, again, I need, I need hands on deck. I need readers, spiritualists, ministers, healers, heal herds. I need people who are who are uh, able to work in in women's issues, family issues, 
urgent care issues, drug addiction, violence, domestic violence, imprisonment, you know, all, all sorts of, of very dirty hands-on issues that we have to address at the grassroots level. People ain't just calling about bring my boyfriend back. People ain't just calling about that. People are calling about real world reality stuff. And they're looking for a fix. They're looking for a repair, often a magical one, often right now and in a hurry and in 24 hours and, you know, nine, you know, three days, um, that kind of stuff. And so that can only be done with, with professional expert practitioners um, who have some experience behind them, who have some documentation behind them, who have some footprint behind them. And where that does not exist, we're here to provide it. We're here to give the instruction and the uh, initiation that are necessary to bring an individual practitioner up to par to where we need them to be to, to operate within this virtual and literal temple space. We have a, a physical temple space here in, in New Orleans, and we always have. It's just doubled in the last week. So now those of you who've been here know half of the house. Now it's the entirety of the house. It's House of the Divine Prince. So we have more space now for readers. We have more space now for clients. I can book more appointments now, um, relatively speaking, whether it be physically or virtually, um, but I can't do it by myself. I can't do it by myself. And so I need qualified hands on deck to fulfill many roles. Um, someone helping me with technology, someone helping me to get my internet stuff together, someone to help me with my social media. Um, no one person can do that by themselves. And certainly no one person can hold a whole entire church or Ile or voodoo house together without other hands on deck. Um, so I invite you, this is the time. Listen, this is the season for voodoo. This is the season for ATR. This is the season for spirituality and religion from an indigenous perspective. Unfortunately, the racial aspects have only furthered that. This started out as just a viral warfare, targeting everybody, but particularly people of color, and, and the darker you are, the more so. Okay, but now it's, it's about being black. Now it's really about race. Now it's gotten intense. Now the fire is hot. And so now's the time for activism. Now's the time for the hoodoo practitioner root work and the conjure man who, who knows what they are doing and, and to do something other than nonsense. I don't take nonsense requests. I just don't. And spells are temporary. I don't fool around with spells. I, I fool with what's consistent, persistent, lasting, documentable. Okay? Real-time results right here, right now, in this divine moment in time space. That's one of the things that turns me off to, to world religion, the, the three major world religions. That idea that wait till the by and by, wait till you, you die and get to heaven, wait till you get to the, I, I couldn't I couldn't make sense of that. Not when I was living in hell right here. Not when I was battling demons right here. Not when I'm battling gin and madness 
and, and many of you all are as well. And so the result-oriented nature of, of voodoo and, and indigenous practice is one of the things that was the seller for me. And when I began to operate in the realm of Egum and Gede and the dead and ancestors and, and, and acknowledge the power of that, oh my goodness, the power of that. You all heard me tell my story. You know, when I first came to New Orleans and I was homeless and, and living out of, of the Brentley mission, many of y'all don't even know nothing about the Brentley, um, and, and Austin and Ann, um, I went to the cemetery every day. I went to see Marie LeBeau every morning. You can't even do that now. <laughs> now you got to be with a tour group to even get in there like that. <laughs> Unless you're well connected. Um, or you have a member of your family in that cemetery. You just can't do that anymore. But the acknowledgement of ancestors, that's the secret. Some of y'all sitting here patiently waiting on my secret. That, that is the secret. Call down your ancestors. Invoke your ancestors. Know and understand how to operate in the realm of ancestral worship, ancestral honor and acknowledgement, ancestral intervention, and and all other things move forward. This is not a, a, a denial of God. This is an embracement of God. God created humanity. God created this DNA chain, this Jacob's ladder, that we all are, are participating within. God created mom and papa, you know, and giving birth, you know, and life. And so our ancestors would stand up in our blood, would stand up in our DNA. That is your first line of defense. That is your first line of defense in all things. And not just battle, not just health and wellness, not just warfare, not just spiritual battle, but in loving relationships and, and, and how you earn your living. In education, in consciousness, your ancestors are there. Before you acknowledge Ori, before you acknowledge Loa. And so what are you waking your ancestors up to do? What are you waking your ancestors up to hear? What are you demanding your ancestors to listen to? What are you demanding your ancestors then push forward in this environment? Greetings, uh, Tamara Bragg. Are you there with me, beloved? Justice 
change and keeping the, the purpose pure because we have these anarchists and these people out here presenting themselves as Black Lives Matter and tearing up stuff and not, they're not actually representing um, what they're trying to do and it's putting a bad name on the movement. So how do we keep them protected and keep our voices heard in the meantime? I think that's a, that's a great question, um, beloved. That's a powerful question. Uh, and it's going to require me, as you know, to say more than one thing. Um, yes, first, right. first thing is, do what you do. Mm-hmm. Do what you do. Do what you know. Do what you understand. Don't, don't try now to go beyond where you are. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if you're Christian, do that. Pray. Call on God. You know, in, invoke your scripture. But if indeed you're operating in ATR, we have means of addressing that. And of course, mm-hmm. all things the ancestors. First, invoke right. the ancestors. You know, right now I'm living in a little bit of anxiety that I might burn my house down. <laughs> because I really got that many camps going um, in my ancestor room right now. Not just mine, but those of my, my godchildren, my initiates, some of the people that I'm, I'm doing work for, but also right. these individuals that you just spoke of who are on the front line. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm there doing the work. And, you know, I don't want to speak something into reality that, that that's an illusion. But mm-hmm. in a better case scenario, we would like them to be prepared. We would like them mm-hmm. to be well trained. Some of them don't understand that during the civil rights movement, for instance, they had classes. They had workshops. Now, they might have called it Bible class. They might have called it the, the community meeting. But when you got there, they taught you how to use milk, for instance, to handle tear gas. They taught you how to navigate it. They taught you how to go limp, for instance, and force the police to sort of pull up, pick up your dead body weight. You know, how to to make your protesting and activism a little bit more relevant on the front Mm -hmm. line. That's not Mm -hmm. happening right now. Or Mm -hmm. it's now beginning to happen slowly, but behind the scenes. I'm not even hearing well-vetted groups like Urban League, like NAACP. I haven't even heard from the Black Panther Party, to be quite honest, in terms of how to address this, how to act in this. And I've been calling for the practitioners of ATR really since the first week of March to get into battle mode. First, because of the virus, but now we have this whole other element to it that validates a whole lot that I said on camera back in March. A lot of what mm-hmm. I said in March is now being validated by what we're mm-hmm. seeing now. So we've got to first do what we do. And those of us who do claim to be elevated, expert, professional, mature, have mm-hmm. some time in this, we got to focus on some new things now, bigger things now than just and I hate to keep, I'm not picking on anybody. Forgive me, if you understand my voice and your concern right now is about your love life, that's not what I'm picking at. I'm picking right. at those that are understanding my voice that want to use conjure and voodoo and hoodoo and, and even witchcraft for your petty, carnal, selfish, earth-based, lower-based stuff mm-hmm. when, in, when there's this much bigger battle that's going on. And, and as Tamara is suggesting, these people need protection, not just from the virus. They need protection from the police. They need protection from, from each other. They need protection mm-hmm. from these infiltrators. 
that, that are indeed showing up and breaking out. I, I saw a video with a white boy, no mask or nothing. I think he had on like a viral mask, but no identity mask. You could see who it was. Take his uh, skateboard and, and bash out a window. I think it was in New York City. And and the, and the young black folks first grabbed that, you know, that skateboard from him and made it clear to him that this is not what we're doing. This right. is, and, and the fortunate thing is this is all being caught on camera, camera. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the thing. I, I was with Rodney King. Let me be clear. I was there. I was at the Parker Center, at the police center, which is now torn down, when, when the whole Rodney King thing broke off. I was one of the first dozen people that showed up on the street when the verdict came down that let those police officers off. I was in front of Parker Center on the cell phone where we got word that they was turning over cars at Sloss and the Normans. So I understand protest. I understand riots. I understand activism. I understand grassroots. And like we were doing that day, our leaders have to be on the street. But how do you do that, Tamara, with COVID-19? You can't fairly ask your 40-year-olds, your 50-year-olds, your 60-year-olds, your 70-year-olds to go out there. So we mm-hmm. have to be present here in the mm-hmm. virtual space where y'all, you know, the, your gadgets, you know, your tablets, where, where you can easily access us. And those of us like yourself who, who are a bit more mature, a little bit more wise, we have to then speak out. Our voices have to be heard. Um, when I think of Black Lives Matter, I say, does my life matter? Does my life matter? Seriously, you know, not just to you, Tamara, but to, to those listening who don't click like or who give my show the thumbs down, you know, when, when you feel like it. You know, does my life matter? But, but you say, do Black Lives Matter? And I've been saying for years, as long as my life matters, doesn't matter. Ain't no black life in the community safe. I've said that publicly over and over, many times. Call it voodoo if you want. Call it voodoo if you want. Call it the swamp queen voodoo if you want. But as long as my life don't matter, don't nobody's life matter. I said it on Blog Talk Radio. If I can't walk around African, if I can't walk around gay, if I can't wear my jewelry, if I can't look like this without the scorn and the negative commentary and energy of other black people, but but you expect the world to acknowledge racism? Mm-hmm. But you expect the world to acknowledge police brutality mm-hmm. against us? But you want it to be just you. See, that's the thing. Black lives matter when it's just you. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. What about the black woman? What about the black woman? Are you all aware of the, the level of domestic violence that's going on right now in the black community? Post, well, we can't say post, in the midst of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Where these women feel like they can't go, where am I going? I can't go to my grandmama's house. She's 70. Where am I going? Mm-hmm. I might not have resources. Where am I going? What am I going to do? I'm watching the numbers, beloved. My, my mother is an advocate and an outspoken person for domestic violence and women's issues. I'm paying attention to the numbers. They're skyrocketing right now. So your question is about it. What do we do? It's, it's a lot we can do. Choose something, but stay in your lane. 
Don't, don't try mm-hmm. to go out in the street if that's not you. If you're not a young warrior and with a young immune system, don't try to protest. But like Tamara is suggesting, provide the milk, provide the water, you know, provide transportation, maybe, provide resources, you know, organize, help these young people organize. What I'm not seeing yet is organization. Yeah, I, hear people, I hear people organizing around social media and, you know, sort of being the talking head, sort of bringing that information forward, sort of giving commentary on it. But we're not seeing real organization at the, at the street level yet, at least not beyond my house. Now, there's that mm-hmm. which, that we are doing. That's mm-hmm. why I wasn't here for three days. Uh, I ain't here because I ain't got power or internet. That's, you know, I'm not here because I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. And, of course, Hollywood South is still not rolling, so we're not filming anything. But the voodoo is in motion, Tamara. Really, people are, are really, this is not propaganda, hear me. This ain't bad. There are people that are really transitioning because of what's happening right now to ancestor, ancestor work and divination, ATR. People are really taking Lukumi and, and Voodoo and Santeria really seriously right now, seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's the move of revolution. That's the the move of organization because before it's it's been the churches often who did the organizing who were the center of organizing and, and that's a little bit dicey right now a part a part of our community is still quite locked in and codependent and and, and trusting of the church and so I don't want to negate the power of the black church to do something I just beg you to do something. I beg the black Muslims to do something. I beg the Hebrew Israelites to do something. I'm begging the, the Ephah priests and the Babalaos and the Ianifas to do something, to do something, to utilize your resources, your platform, your voice, your reach, to empower these people, to heal them, but, but to also give them resources. We can't keep sending you know, our, our young who are untrained, sometimes, uh, mm-hmm. immature sometimes, to the front line without support, without backup. So some of us are supposed to be doing the healing right now. Heal, mm-hmm. heal the people if that's your job. Heal her if that's your job. Heal her. I, oh my goodness, Tamara, our, our sisters are hurting. Our mm-hmm. sisters are so broken. So mm-hmm. broken. Um, and, and, and abused and, 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 and misused by, by every fraction of our society. You're right about that. And it still don't get enough promotion in my book. It still don't mm-hmm. get enough conversation in my book. And we look at these movements, they're often being led by straight black men, heterosexual black men, dominant, virile, alpha black men. You know, and, and we live in a time now with all this technology at our disposal. I've said for years that, that the Internet evens the playing field. It is a two-edged sword, really. Mm-hmm. It, it cuts in both ways, and it, but it evens the playing field. So this is an opportunity for us to promote and support our black women. This is an opportunity for us to promote and support our black children. This is an opportunity for us to 
promote and support our black community, gay, lesbian, transgender, male, female, straight, whatever it is. It is indeed the fabric that holds it all together. So mm-hmm. we, you know, those of us who are qualified to do ritual for war, for battle, do that. Do that. I'm getting very little sleep right now. I'm doing five hours of sleep, maybe. Almost like I'm sewing for Mardi Gras. That's the schedule I'm operating on because people are that involved right now in what's happening on the street, but also in doing something about it where they can. Getting in where you fit in creates what might not already be in position. You know, create a, a network where you can pull resources and, and send those resources to the front line. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing what I can on this end. Uh, I share what I can mm-hmm. verbally <laughs> on camera. Uh, <laughs> some things I can't say, obviously. Uh, I think that's another component to revolution that some of the younger um, people are, are, are not clear on about revolution. Um, when you go into the war, you can't tell all your plans. You, you can't, can't yeah, tell your strategy. <laughs> you can't share your strategy. You can't tell where all your soldiers are. You can't tell where your ammunition is housed, you know, but you got to mm-hmm. be active. You got to be active and, and you've got to be on the front line. Um, so, in all things, invoke your ancestors. Oh, beloved, invoke your ancestors now like you've never invoked before. They are sensitive to calamities, they're sensitive to, to uh, uh, pandemics. They are sensitive mm-hmm. to civil rights and, and, and revolution. This is the time. And if you can't physically be here, you can't physically go home to Mississippi or Alabama, call that out. Invoke that out. Get your family to send you some dirt, you know, from grandma's house. You know, connect mm-hmm. with your ancestors now, now more than ever before, more than ever before. Um, Can I ask you this really quickly? Please. I, I I was led the last couple of days. I just wake up and I feel this energy of like weeping. And I felt my ancestors when I called them to, they, they led me to the Native American powwow music, you know, with the drums. And because I had already been listening to the African um, spiritual songs with the drums and the beat and the drums were so similar with the Native Americans. I was like, wow, it sounds so like almost the same. So I listened to some of these powwow songs and it was almost like war cries and, and weeping when they were singing. And I just played really loud in the house and I just felt this overwhelming energy to just cry. And so I would just play a combination on a play of the African and the Native American. I started researching it more the last few days and the Native American people were saying that they are a part of the lost tribes of Israel. And I've seen some, some black people saying this, the Hebrew Israelites are saying this as well, and that we both have a common oppressor, which is the white supremacy and or white supremacists. And anyway, um, so what are your thoughts on the connection between African and, and Indian, Native American, and the spiritual spiritual system, and how do um, do you think that they are part of the lost tribes of Israel as well? I have real problems with the whole concept of lost tribes of Israel. Okay. Um, I'll, except for that which is archaeologically driven. 
Now you have the the embuti. They unfortunately used to be called pygmies. White folks called them pygmies. We know them now by their indigenous names, their cultural names. The Mbuti, the Hutu, who were part of the, the massacre in, in Rwanda, they have been scientifically documented to have um, DNA, which can trace back to Israel. But mm-hmm. I question almost anyone else who's standing on that as a platform. Um, I have a problem also with the cradle of civilization actively being moved out of the continent of Africa, whether it's by white people and white archaeologists and scientists and historians, or even now by new black folks. I have a problem with that. We know archaeologically about Lucy and about humanity and the humanoid that's coming out of the uh, the Rift Valley. You know, the the uh, uh, the crater, the old, what is it called, Ogabor Crater, in in Kenya. So I have a problem with Tanya, Syria, you know, Israel, sort of being placed as the center of the world. I trust the Egyptians. I trust that the Great Pyramids were mathematically and scientifically designed to sit at the center of the world. And so I have a problem with, you know, culture being sort of moved north, moved outside the continent. Um, There's also sort of a historic basis for us, particularly African-Americans, wanting to skip generations of ancestors, almost as, as if to skip slavery altogether uh, and mm-hmm. go back to ancient Egypt, for instance, or go back in, or go back to Israel. Israel is just now the new trading um, black Mecca. You know, I can remember, yeah, the, it, yeah I remember in the 1970s, it was going to repatriate, going to all go back to Ethiopia. And Ethiopia was seen as sort of the black Mecca, you know, from that Afrocentric African Rasta, Rastafarian perspective. Um, there was a moment when West Africa w- was sort of showing up as a, as a return home. Ghana and, and Nigeria, a few countries welcomed African-Americans. Out. Was that in the 90s? I'm not even sure when it happened um, because it wasn't very real. It, it didn't happen much uh, as we know with Israel or even Ethiopia. I personally know African-Americans still today who are living in Ethiopia and living in Israel. So I, I have a problem with that. Um, I believe that our salvation is in voodoo. I, I just do. Our salvation is in voodoo. And, and you have to understand how I use the word voodoo, which I know, Cameron, you do. Uh, but for my mm-hmm. listeners, all ATR is voodoo. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at ancient Egypt, Samaria, talking about voodoo, you talking about ritual practice that migrated out of North Africa and then spread to other parts of the world. Voodoo. Voodoo is the first organized religion in the world. Voodoo. Mm -hmm. And so that ritual application um, is crucial to our healing, to to the antidote, to our salvation and moving forward. And, And half of that, if not more, is ancestral foundation. You got to have that four square foundation of ancestors in which to really build your house upon. Mm-hmm. And lineage is connected to that. So through the delusion of 
hoodoo and root work and conjure to, to, to relegating it to the realm of pagan ritual, make it, it's, it's universal for everybody. They're trying to ties to lineage. They're trying to sever mm-hmm. ties to power. Um, even their magical book says they're who will call themselves Jews who are not. The Bible say that. Uh, so who, who are they talking about? Who are they referencing? And today we still have this battle of over Israel, over the Israelites. You know, why not a battle over being black, being African? You know, what's the mm-hmm. name? Dolazar opened up a can of worms with that. How black are you really? You know, how black are you really? How much, how white are you really? You know, and race as we know it, as we discuss it, is so superficial. We have mm-hmm. to look at ethnicity. We have to look at lineage, we have to look at culture. We have to look at tradition, if you will. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I listen to it all. I explore it all. I research it all. But I'm not a fan of the people Israelite approach. I'm not a fan of the uh, is, is, Israelite approach. Um, I, I'm not. And, and it also requires me to trust the magical book. And though I reference the magical book a lot, I talk about the Bible a lot. I pick yeah. and choose from the Bible a lot because I know some Christians listening to me right now saying, well, you believe the parts you want to believe. Yeah. I accept the parts I want to accept. I believe the parts that have been documented and provable. I accept the parts that have a you know, around the world. I accept those parts, but but the King James parts, the, the, the other 21 different translated parts, no, I don't accept all of that. I, I don't. And if you can't read and understand Hebrew, if you can't read and understand Amherst, you can't, you can't argue the Bible with me. You just, you just can't. And, and then you have to understand the other world cultures, including Africa, that existed while that was going on. So my trust level there is not great, um, Tara. I, I don't trust the Bible like that. So to accept the whole Hebrew thing, to me, is still our way of trying to hold on to that seed that was planted in us, that the only book of truth is the Bible. That the only realm of truth is, it, yeah, it's Christian. We call it other things. We mask it by other things. Coptic Christianity, mm-hmm. Catholicism, Rastafari is, is a new branch of Christianity in my in my book. Um, so y'all still calling calling on and, and trusting that book. I can't do that. I trust mm-hmm. that of my ancestors. I trust the Odus. The Odus owed it in that book. Let's mm-hmm. keep it real. Ifa and Ifa Odus are older than the, than that book. Voodoo older than that book. The system, the organized system that we use in Voodoo divination is older. It's older than that book. I'm sorry, Tamara. What were you saying? No, I'm just listening. Cause I, you know, I, when I was listening to what the people were saying in the in the video, I was like, I gotta ask the about this because I don't know about how. I do understand the natives and, and people of, of African ancestry being almost one and the same when it comes to being oppressed by the oppressor. Mm-hmm. I know our spiritual systems are very similar. The, the drum is the beat of the spirit, you know, and, and summoning or uh, 
invoking your spirit, the ancestral reverence and worship, the, the divinity. They almost have like we have the Orishas or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have their deities as well. And they acknowledge the supreme creator. They have nature-based uh, spiritual practices and religions or whatever. So I understood that. And I know we have uh, our flight throughout existence in America when Europeans came here has been very, very disrupted to say the least. So, but that was the one part of the video. I was like, wait a minute, long time How so? You know, I was like, I gotta ask. So, yeah, I've never accepted that. Um, yeah, I've never accepted. Um, as you can see, I, I've been around a minute. Um, I'm a child of the '60s, um, so I, I'm I'm soon to be sixty um, myself in, in in a few years. Um, so I'm not new to the concept. The concept itself is not new. Um, like I said, I know black people from America who went to Israel in the '70s, in in the '80s. Yeah. Um, and then when um, Ethiopia shipped those Ethiopian uh, Jews from Ethiopia to Israel, some of them also made that journey. So I'm I'm very familiar with the topic, um, but my answer is always where your DNA. Let me see your ancestry.com. Let me see your 23andMe. You know, I, I might accept it after I see that, but but just the the philosophy of it. No, no. Uh, in, in that regard, ain't the, the Mormon story ain't that similar? The Mormons mm-hmm. claim Jesus came to America and, and left a footprint there for them to find and to follow. Mm-hmm. So I still have a problem with us using the tool of white supremacy. I know that's hard for some of you all to hear. The Bible is a tool of white supremacy. Simple as that. It was hard for me to accept that first. But when I accepted it, I felt so free because I wanted to now be able to hear and understand the truth of what it really is. It was very hard because when you live in a really strict Baptist Christian household and everything that you do or say or think can take you to hell and everything is condemning, you know, you stare at everything. <laughs> so but when I find it, it's like, you know what? What my ancestors are, are showing me is true. This is something that has been used as a tool and a weapon to control our people. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it has caused a lot of uh, negativity in culture and in my personal life because I always thought everything I did, I was going to hell for. So I just got the point to say, you know what, going to hell, I'm going out one place and I'm about to do this. <laughs> and listen, that fear is very real. That fear is very real. Um, one of my nephews, I, I, I don't want to call his name um, out loud, um, has that fear. And he's long past the church, physically. Mm-hmm. He's long, but he's still young. He grew up under that evangelical Christian energy. Um, and that fear of hell is very real. The, the nightmares mm-hmm. and the dreams and the connection to that. That's why I call it a God spell. G-O-D hyphen S-P-E-L-L. You call it the gospel. I call it the God spell. The God mm-hmm. spell. It's a spell. It's a form of witchcraft. <laughs> it's a form of spiritual religious manipulation. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not against the believer. Understand what I'm saying. 
The Buddhists know that how we do the Bible today is a human construction. They took bits and pieces from different places and, and brought them together for that book. Mm-hmm. There, there was no consciousness that we're going to write this book. That came over time. That came with human yeah. inter- intervention and manipulation. That, the idea that it's the word of God, well, God, you know, spoke, you know, are we talking about channeling? Did God channel a book? Oh, that, that's witchcraft. That's the cult. So what are you saying? Did, did God possess? We have spirit possession in Buddha. Ogu take over your body. Achiban Lepa take over your body. Did, did God possess somebody and they wrote the book? Oh, no, well, you're talking about witchcraft. And Well, what are you saying? It's inspired by We are inspired by God, right? Don't get Right? Or am I wrong? I mean, you know, so I never, that, even a kid, beloved, that didn't make no sense to me. And I was a faithful believer, just as you describe yourself. Both of my parents are in the ministry. I, I see my parents as light and dark, okay? God and the devil, but they both in the ministry. So they represent those aspects of the ministry for me. Mm-hmm. I have first cousins, well-known, well-known, internationally known. Be on CNN and MSNBC, well, okay. So I grew okay. up in the church. I grew up in ministry. I know how that looks and operating that frontward and backward. Jay White mm-hmm. is also in my house. Jay White, the background. We know what ministry looks like, but we also know what witchcraft looks like. Even at 10, 11, 12, when I was going to the Bible digesting witchcraft books, I knew a demon in church when I saw one. And I was shocked that nobody else did. And if they did, they weren't taking any action. You know, if if it ain't showing up in your administration, you don't know. Or you don't understand what you say you know. But then there were times Mm -hmm. that that our our bishop back then, may he rest in our room, he commanded the spirit. I saw it. I saw the casting of the devil, but I also saw devils that existed in the environment that weren't cast out, planted seeds that 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 uh, fueled corrupt energies within the, the dynamics of that group. It eventually brought that group down. That church was torn down. Eventually, they had to move to another location and start again with almost an entirely new group of people. Even the old families who were originally a part of the building of that space ain't there. No. You all playing around with the voodoo, playing around with this looper, playing around with this conjure, playing around with this. It ain't no joke. Mm-mm. It ain't no joke. It will catch up to you sooner or later. It will catch up to you. I don't know how great a tarot card reader you claim to be. I don't really care. It's not personal to me. But but it will mm-hmm. catch up to you. It, that energy will catch up to you. And if you don't have the skills, the application, um, I mean, it's like a parent with no parental skills. Who gives out licenses for parenting? parenting? What state qualify, uh, uh, qualifies a parent before you're allowed to have children? What mm-hmm. state gives you a license to have children? <laughs> you know, what state gives classes on it? <laughs> but, but we assume the responsibility, right? 
Well, we we assume the authority, right? Well, it's my child, it's my daughter, it's my okay. But what are you? What then are you operating on? And many of us have broken homes, broken backgrounds, sick backgrounds, stuff we certainly ain't trying to duplicate. Stuff we certainly ain't trying to pass on to the next child or next generation. Okay, right. so if you don't heal that and you're trying to work in magic, you're dangerous to yourself mm-hmm. and to others. You are dangerous. You cannot operate in this sick. You just can't. Just mm-hmm. a sick doctor with, with, with coronavirus came to work at the hospital. You, you polluting everybody. You contaminating everybody. You know, mm-hmm. So, oh my goodness, Tamara, you just you holding this together today with your questions. You asking that, that's the real stuff. Yeah, that's the real stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like you know my first experiences with witchcraft was in the church because I saw people false prophesying of people. I saw people um, laying hands on people, and the next thing you know, the person that they laid hands on was sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, so what spirit did you transfer to that person? That's right. Who are you? What what energy do you have in you that you laying hands on people and you uh, um, transferring evil spirits? Now people sick and having to go get help from another church. So you know, are you really? Uh, That's a right. That's right. You know, seeing people claiming to be slain the spirit. Their behavior is not represent represent who God is. So you have these moments of, of mm-hmm. saying you're playing spirit at church, but your everyday life is treacherous. How you treat people, how you talk to people, how you judge people, you speak witchcraft over people and talk about them, and you condemn them to being, oh, you're gonna be just like your daddy or just like your mom. You are speaking words over people, but you claim to be a representative, a representative of Christ. That's right. So I saw some signs of dark magic in the church house. That's right. And that's why I left. That's right. I that's left. right. And for those of you who are diametrically opposed to the church, I, I, I understand. Let me put that in tarot language for you. <laughs> she said, giving false prophecy. So the tarot says, oh, baby, your husband's coming back. Your boyfriend's coming back. Love will be there with you. That's a false prophecy. That, that's speaking mm-hmm. falseness over you. And, and they're not giving you truth. They're not giving you reality. And, and then you talked about speaking curses over people, which church folks are the best at doing that. Yeah. They are the best at doing that. Y- y'all better than mm-hmm. some witches that I know <laughs> at, mm-hmm. at speaking curses on people, speaking negativity on people's lives. And, and people are, man, bound to that. Bound to that. Getting over that being reborn, forget my word, after having gone through that, that Christian experience can be very traumatic, especially for black mm-hmm. people. So without mm-hmm. that healing, you can't heal others. Without addressing your own mm-hmm. shadow work, you, you can't address the shadow spirits and the darkness of others. And you can't operate in this practice without being exposed to it. You just can't. You just can't. You're going to get the parasitic client. You're going to get the vampire client. Heaven forbid you get the deceptive client, you know, who's trying to check your information and do something next mm-hmm. way. But you're going to encounter a demon. You're going to mm-hmm. encounter a gin. If you're doing Reiki, if you're doing tarot reading, you're going to encounter a gin. 
you're going to. It's inevitable. And if you're not prepared, woe unto you. Woe unto you. I appreciate everyone who's with us. The chat is full, but I appreciate your questions and your comments more. Give me your questions, your comments, your requests. I may very well move it forward uh, momentarily. Um, welcome back, Keona, beloved. I had to reset my phone. Yes, this is good. I'm so happy Tamara called in. I am too. You're always welcome, and I appreciate your willingness to come on on camera with us. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. I, I always joke about it, but some people are just not, you know, they worried about their background, and they worried about how they look, and, you know, I think at the beginning of this pandemic, you all have to act normally. You have to get up, even if you aren't going to work, even if you aren't going back to your physical job, you have to act normally. You have to get up, shower, bathe, do your prayers, acknowledge your head, acknowledge your ancestors, work in the yard, work in the garden, work in the kitchen, walk the block. You you gotta get up and move that energy around. You have to, and particularly right now. I know cities are talking about reopening, states are talking about reopening, our state is talking about opening up, but my city is is moving slow and at a so I've looked at the map. There's exactly 22 states where the virus is increasing. Exactly 22 states where the virus is decreasing. And then there are seven states, to include Louisiana, that are considered stable. The curve is flat. So you all have to stay on your guard. Stay on your PQs. Um, get your herbal concoctions. I know I got some herbalists under the sound of my voice. You know, medicine men, medicine women, where, where you at? Where you at? What I can't grow, I order. What I can't grow or harvest in nature, I, I buy. I just got a shipment of herbs in. Yeah, I'm talking about like this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about like this. Okay. <laughs> you got to get your herbs together. And some herbs, um, obviously, you want them to be fresh. They are more likely to be more cold fresh. Then there are other products that you can absolutely use dry. Uh, dried roses, for instance, is a, a popular um form of airway that we use in, in voodoo. Um, many of you may have not have ever heard that before. Dried roses, dried flowers of every kind have a, have a use, have a purpose. Um, scientifically, medicinally, but of course also um, in terms of magic. Um, rose hips and, and dried roses are also a great tea. Great tea. I love roses and rosemary mixed together. It has a very, the only way I can describe it is it has a very red taste. Your tea is going to be reddish in color, um, and it's almost like hibiscus or almost like a, a beef stock. It's, it's a very unique, sweet flavor to it. Uh, but now is the time. you got to keep your immune systems up, but you also got to keep them grigris and them potions and notions and lotions. Uh, you got to keep them coming. <laughs> 
especially now in this time of uh, Corona. Um, Keona, beloved girl, I don't know what you're doing. You got a lot of background noise. If, if not, just I'm on mute. Oh, I'm on mute. Okay, now we turn she sound busy. That must you be... must have been me. I'm sorry. Oh, it's not. It's not disruptive. I was just taking note of it. Okay, it's a storm. Oh, oh, it's a storm. Okay, then that's fine. Um, Obu Coso, Ale, Abio, Shango. Okay. Uh, Guinevere Reed says, "Beloved, please read books on African studies in America." Uh, one in particular, they came before Columbus by Dr. Ivan Van Sertema. Yes, um, Guinevere, listen, you know, they say it's bad luck to tell a woman's age or to even suggest a woman's age. So um, I'm not even going to go there. But, girlfriend, I read that book in high school. <laughs> they came before Columbus, been around a good while. Um, and I know many under the sound of our voice who are younger who absolutely need to read these books um, that have been around, you know, for some time. Uh, and, and really give yourself a, a strong for activism, for uh, uh, revolution, uh, for protest, for, for getting out there in the street. So that's a great book. Strongly suggest that. That's, that's a great book. Listen, you all, it's been a, a two hours of a great show. I'm going, listen, I ain't doing three-hour shows no more. It's not good for my body. If black lives matter, my life matters too. My life matters, okay? So I can't sit in this this chair for three hours, three and a half hours every day with y'all. It's not good for, for diabetes. It's not good for my health. I've got ritual work to do. Um, we are in Louisiana. We got storm weather moving through. Great time to work ritual is doing storm. It's doing storm when that when that wind and that electricity is moving through the air. It's a great time to do work, especially battle work, especially warcraft work. It's a great time doing your doing your thunderstorm, doing your hurricane, doing your torrential rain, doing your seasonal transition. Do work. Be willing to. I honor acknowledge all watching right now is doing the work. I'm about to shock y'all. It's coming. The house has increased. Oh, 1509, 15 and 11, House of the Divine Prince. 1509, 15 and 11, Hoodoo Central. So my my students, my godchildren, they about to shock and amaze y'all. They about to shock and amaze y'all. And I need practitioners to do this work here in the house, here on the ground, here in Louisiana. But I also need ministers and administrators and spiritualists and healers to do virtual work in your town, in your city, where you are. But we need you to be qualified. We need you to be certified. And if you don't have that, have no shame. Have no fear. Come to me honestly. But be open to to transition. Be open to training. Any job, IBM ain't going to hire you without a 90-day period and some training. And some training. So, beloved, if you think in 60 days you you didn't gather all you can gather about the goods and, and you think you deserve to move on, move on, which move on. 
but but we need to build a relationship over here. Okay, you know who you are over here. If if you're going to represent, we have space right now to bring others into this vision. Um, so please, please, I beg of you, please. This is the time. This is the time. Guinevere, uh, read. Girl, don't be told my recipes you're not going to share. Yeah, I, now you're talking about a cold remedy. Pine cone. Dry brown pine cone. This is a cold and flu respiratory. I, I, I know this is, you know, one line right now, sensors. I, I know this ain't no coronavirus recipe. So, yeah. Okay. Cold and flu. My family been doing this 100 years. Dry wood pine cones, the wood ones, not the green ones, not the soft ones, those woody hard ones, okay? Wash them off really good, fill them into a tea, so you might have four pine cones maybe to a full gumbo pot of water, okay? You're going to make a tea. All that menthol and that's in that pine oil is in that tea. And it's digestible, it's, it's, it's edible, it's safe, you know, and add your honey, add your lemon, add a little bit of onion, whole onion, and, or whole yellow onion, and a little bit of garlic, and then that honey, you'll be amazed, it tastes great, you'll be amazed, it don't sound great, but it'll open you up. First, you're going to sweat it out, so be prepared to sweat out the impurities, be able to, you're going to sweat out the congestion, but it's going to open you up like a Hall's cough drop. Um, my mama has done it for years. My grandmothers have done it for years. So there are, there are recipes. I got recipes for you. I just don't want nobody to kill themselves <laughs> with no publicly broadcasted recipes. That, that's my fear. But I appreciate you all. I really do. Uh, Keona, ain't nobody hanging the phone line, but you and I. So I'm going to move it forward. Thank you, Hoodoo Occult. You're going to be but one can of my... Can you talk about eating on me before you go? Because I really want to yeah. learn more because I feel I feel something about it and I'm, I'm ignorant to it, you know, but I really want to talk about it just a little bit. Yeah, it's permissible to talk about eating on me. Um, and eating on me comes in three, four. Red, white, and witchcraft. That's divine magic. That's divine magic. So in the West, the or but the power of the power of female energy, the negative and positive force that exists in the world. That doesn't negate transsexualism. We're not talking about genders. We're not talking about sex, if you will. We're talking about masculine energy, feminine energy travels through Iyami. And it shows up in black, Ajay Dudu. They're usually not uh, um, talked about a lot. They're usually not discussed. A lot, predominantly female, Ajay Dudu, but there are male among them. They spread their initiation easily 
to others, and I can't really go into detail how and why. If someone says they've been initiated, IJ, I'm sorry, Iyami, they lie to you. If someone tells you they know where IJ lives, where IJ exists, they, they're lying to you. If someone tells you they can offer you IJ, teach you IJ, they would be lying to you. No one knows the mysteries of IJ save those who operate in IJ. IJ, like voodoo, chooses who it will, initiates who it will, brings forward who it Now, is there an organized structure behind IJ like Orisha? Absolutely. Just like there's an organized structure behind Egungun, Egungun Festival, Egungun Masquerade, which is a mysterious mystery system. Traditionally, no one know, knows who's behind the mask of Egungun. Traditionally, no one knows who operates in and with the power of Ajay. And therefore, anyone can have and operate with the power of Ajay, provided they receive Ajay, Jay that is red. Ajay Pupa has the power to kill, drink blood, eat flesh. They punish their victims and give no room for forgiveness. Their membership is both a mixture of, of female and male. The female membership dominates, and they do not initiate members easily. They do not bring people in readily. They do not make access easily uh, available. Aj Fun Fun is white. These are positive healers. They do not kill. They do not drink blood and flesh. They use their energy to bring protection, blessings, prosperity uh, to whomever they love, children, husbands, wives, family, friends, community. Ajay Fun Fun bring knowledge, power, blessings, protection. And it is also indeed very difficult to be initiated, Ajay Fun Fun, to be received as a part of Ajay Fun Fun. Ajay translates into sacred mother, our sacred mother. And so, of course, we acknowledge our mothers, we acknowledge our ancestors, we, we acknowledge the, the great powers of those who came before. Um, a unique trait to Egungu Masquerade is that Egungu Masquerade is dominated by men. Traditionally, it is men wearing the mask of Galede, of our great mothers, who sway their hips and, and wear jewels. You see me do Galede, but it's an honor to acknowledgement of our great mothers, our ancestral mothers, if you will. So there is this misunderstanding in the West that Aj and Iami. Ajay translates into love. Ajay is an extension of Iyami. That's why you keep seeing me interchange those words. Often, if you have the blessing of, of Iyami, you walk with Ajay. You walk with luck. You walk in prosperity. I've been accused of being lucky in the last 24 hours, or the last 48 hours. I've been accused of being lucky. I don't even like the word luck. Uh, as an extension of my evangelical path, I don't believe in luck. I believe you are blessed or not. And you can draw in blessings. You can feed 
blessing. But you can also bring curse on yourself. You can also bring a curse on your own head. You can also bring negativity on your own head. And so when we say, honor thy mothers and thy fathers, that they might be lost, that's the magic book. We can also be saying, honor spirit and honor physicality. Because that magical book says, give unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. Follow laws, earth laws. But, but still acknowledge spirit and, and that which is hard. So, Iyami is the power of, of feminine energy. When we talk about our intuition and we talk about our emotions, we're often invoking Iyami and pulling from the power and forces of Iyami. Um, I know I've said a lot and, and I've kind of gone all over the place a little bit. So, Kiona, um, no, you're not Help over the place. I am right with you. You are not over all over the place. You, I'm right with you. Sheree um, uh, uh, Thomas is the last question. You just passed it, the question. Um, well, when she was asking uh, um, me, I mean, the traditional uh, midwife. <laughs> Does anyone else have a question? Tamara Bragg, did she have anything else that she wanted to say that she wanted to offer before I move forward? Okay, that's great. I'm looking at your private message. That's great. All is a blessing. Listen, y'all, I appreciate you. I do. I do. And I'm here for you. I am going to move forward. I have a 3 o'clock appointment. And then I have some information to do today. Thanks. Uh, of course, I have to feed um, Olukosu and, and Yansa along with the ancestors. So I am going to move forward. I'm always grateful for your love and your participation here live on the show, both Lost Talk Radio, well as all the, the visual platforms, YouTube, uh, StreamYard, Facebook, uh, Periscope, wherever you might be viewing and experiencing us today. I do want to leave you with my B affirmation. My B affirmation. So please forgive me. I'm going to mute my phone line so that I don't get any background noise. I'm Tamara Bragg. You're great. I'm not. And so if you will, just allow me to gather my breathe. And I remind you to do the same, to always to breathe. We, we in, in this culture, we move fast. We move quick. We, we stress. We full of anxiety. We full of fear. And we breathe shallow. We're talking fast, and you're breathing shallow. You're thinking fast, and you're breathing shallow. You're cleaning up, and you're after the kids, and you're doing your work, and you're not remembering to breathe. On a checklist of what can I do to be more spiritual, what can I do to be healthier, what can I do to be more in tune, checklist number one, breathe, and breathe deep. Fill your lungs. Don't just breathe from the top of your lungs. Musicians, singers, we're taught to breathe from our diaphragm, from your stomach, from the depth. And feel it and release it. Not too hard, not too much. I'm not trying to invoke hyperventilation. Just deeper breathing. Taking in more oxygen, especially for you smokers. Breathe. Allow your body to consciously relax. 
And then fix in the moment. Don't live in the past. The past is just a dream now. The past is just a memory. You can't live in the future. That's a dream. That's the, that's our, our, our vision of the future, our illusion of the future. You've got to exist in the now. You've got to exist in the now. So breathe in the now. Be different. Be yourself. Be extraordinary. Be hopeful. Be creative. Be calm. Be good. Be present. Be still. Be kind. Be well. Be safe. Be happy. Be grateful. Be thankful. Be patient. Be mindful. Be inquisitive. Be intelligent. Be discerning. Be just be in the moment. Just be be wise. Be erudite. Be practical. Be conscious. Be aware. Be loved. Be alert. Be alert. Be careful. Be proactive. Be strong. Be phenomenal. Be available. Be peace. Be peace. Be safe. And until next time, remember that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. All is a blessing. I say. Dash of cayenne to the root. Gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Boil a gumbo, hot and steady. Don't care if Freddy ready. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claiborne where she's buried. 
build a fire on the bayou when a black cat scratched at two under a full moon that's blue chant the magic words kufaru a dash of cayenne to the rule gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that molds this through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my green, green suit. Black top hat, black suit too, same old rod that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. Going free at the old cemetery, down on Claybone where she's buried. A dash of cayenne. To the roof, gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Yeah, black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses through. I'm gonna get them balls out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black sheets too. Gonna pray at that old cemetery. Down on Claybone where she's buried. A dash of cayenne to the room. Gonna put on my green, green suit.